No definition necessary, no definition possible. And no titles. No titles. We, we do anything, anything we're interested in, we just do it. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. No, 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 wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Welcome to Objectively Incorrect. Guys, you're listening to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Stephen Smith. I'm here joining the studio with Meshach Alpha, the undefinable, the guy, the plan, the mission, the genius. I call you a genius because I think that you are. Um, and Mishak is here. Welcome to the show, Mishak. Thank you. All right, Mishak is here. We're going to be talking about sustainable development. We're going to talk about his journey as well. We're going to be looking into some wise nuggets, some words of wisdom um, from Mishak himself. Mishak, I'm really happy to have you here. Um, before today, I don't think me and Mishak had a very long com- conversation at any point. I met you how much years ago? 15? Oh, 15. 16 years 15, ago. 16, God. Yeah. You know, every time I say these things, I feel like older <laughs> yeah. and older and older. Anyway, Misha is here. He's going to bless us with some wisdom and he's going to bless us with his thoughts and some stuff. But before we go and do all of that, we have to do our fact or fiction section. And I'm going to give Misha five statements and he's going to tell me if he thinks they're true or false. Yes. No pressure. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Ready? Number one. Blood banks in Sweden notify donors when blood is used. Blood banks in Sweden notify donors when blood is used. True or false? True. It's absolutely 100% true. I feel like you don't see these answers. No, no, no. no. I, know, I know a bit about Switzerland, but I know how they operate. It's a more very efficient um, system. Yeah, it's, actually, they say it helps people to actually feel more motivated to give blood yeah. when they feel it's being used. So. Okay, that's one of one. Let's go. Number two. Roosters have built-in earplugs. Roosters have built-in earplugs. True or false? <laughs> that's a weird question, man. Um, true. True. 100%. Yes. The fan have built-in earplugs. Researchers found that when a rooster opens its beak to crow, its external auditory canals close off, preventing sound from coming in and serving as earplugs. Yeah. Smart. Number three, the Canary Islands were actually named because of the incredible number of canary birds living on the island. The Canary Islands were actually named because of the incredible number of canary birds living on the island. True or false? I have to guess this one. I have no idea, but how is it false? It's absolutely false. The Canary Islands are actually named after dogs. Mm -hmm. The area's name is Islas, I guess that's Islas. Canarias, which comes from the Latin phrase Canaria in Sully, or something like that. I'm probably butchering these words, forgive me. And it stands for Island of Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where you got the name on. Number four. You're batting 100, you don't win the game. Number four, the quietest place on earth is actually within a cave located one mile below the surface of Makgad Ikgadi, Pans, Botswana. The quietest place on earth is actually within a cave located one mile below the surface of Magadik Gadji Pans so, in Botswana. So somebody went around the world to, to be there, does a meter to test all these things? I would say false. It's absolutely false. Dude, what is it? Is it that you, 
You reading me or something? No, it made, it made no sense. Um, who went around the world with the dusty meter to go check all these parts of them to see uh, which one is the They probably wouldn't. The world's quietest room is actually located at Microsoft's headquarters in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, the lab room measures a background noise of negative 20.35 decibels, which is 20 decibels below the threshold of human hearing and breaks mm-hmm. previous records for spaces that were deemed the, pla- the planet's quietest places. Mm-hmm. All right, number five. The longest name on the planet is 85 letters long. The longest place in name in the, on the planet is 85 letters long. The longest place name on the planet is 85 letters long. False. It's absolutely true. <laughs> Tomat, I cannot pronounce this thing. I'm pretty sure this guy in some clicks. 85 letters? It's 85 letters long and it's located in New Zealand. Uh. It is, I, again, I can't. Tomotaka Tanji Hanja Kowawa Tawa Nika. No, it doesn't make any sense. Dude, that's four to five. What? That's. At least, again, I, I didn't know that there would be something here that you could learn from, but hey, look at that. Education once again. Yes. So, you were into what? You were into what? Project planning? Well, I was, interestingly, I was in what you call um, physical planning. Physical um, plan. Urban planning, people call it different um, variations. I was a senior physical planning officer for about four years, mm-hmm. um, having come out of university for my master's program. Mm-hmm. But the, the, that, that was not where I was headed initially. I, I was more into law and sociology from before. I just took so, a complete shift. So what, that was, that's like a 180. Like you were, yeah. So you're into law and then you just like, so how this, this transition went from law to like physical planning? Like how... What is that? I, I, I often... Th- it's I, like you don't get bored like really quick. It's, it's not bored. I, yeah. Okay, as if you're like me and you grew up in rural side, you grew up in St. Paul's. Mm-hmm. Um, you grew up, I grew up with grandparents, grandparents on both sides at uh, different mm-hmm. times of my life. Um, there's nobody that went before me who had that level of exposure. Um, you rely a lot on what you see your friends do because they have a mother who is a teacher yeah. and a father who is a police and you think that they have the answers. Uh-huh. Uh, my mother it was, a, was a maid and I don't, didn't know how to work until I was in high school. And my father was a painter, but he was a junkard. Still uh-huh. is, suffer from alcoholism, uh-huh. right? And so to look for guidance, look for you know, direction and so forth, I had to seek it out in other persons, oh. right? people who, who, you, who you think have good parents. Uh, parents who can give them that kind of direction. Mm-hmm. And so I would have chosen subjects because my friend was doing, was them, doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Not because that was my natural inclination, mm-hmm. but it, it, it seems safe. Yeah. And nobody's there to tell you if I do these kind of subject areas, this is where you might end, end up, up, you know, and so on. So I did those. And then, so it's not about, um, you know, getting bored or changing your mind so much. Is that after a while, with life and life experiences, you begin mm-hmm. to think differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been involved in a lot of community activism work, um, group, um, boys brigade come all the way up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been head of um, football, um, cricket association, different things in the communities and so All these things help to build you and mold you. And after of a while, course. you realize um, this has nothing to do with I wanted to become a doctor or a lawyer and so Because never in school, I thought like... Um, what I wanted to become, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Even when I finished university, yeah. I still don't know what I wanted to become, right? It was a strange, a strange thing to say, 
Mm-hmm. But I could recall in primary school and high school, they, 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 they come around the class and they say, what do you what want you to become? What do you want to be a pilot and doctor? If, if the person by me say they want to become an army man, yeah. so I'll become an army man too. You know, and then the next time around, that might change, but it depends on who the next, the next person is. Are the person like, is before you? Before me, because you never had the kind of examples in your own community. Most you might see is a police and a teacher. Mm. You understand? I, th- I thought I would have come a bricksman and a chapter. A you know, brakes, you know the, the brakes man, the guy that goes around with the tractor man, the driver, uh-huh. the conductor, and then the guy who's on the side of the tractor, just there to assist and make sure that everything is okay. And they, they call him a brakes man. They call him the brakes man. Back in the day, that's what I know them on the estate. You in St. Paul, so yeah. um, Belmont Estate, yeah. Billet Estates, and between two estates. Mm-hmm. So you begin to know the, the different roles. You got the water, the water lady, mm-hmm. you got the brakes man. You have you know the gang workers and so on going mm-hmm. out. So I said. That's what you I would become be. a, a brakesman and eventually I would drive tractor. Because at the time... That was the, what you yeah, saw. the communities were oriented that way. That's what you see uh, all the time, right? So you just, you just move accordingly mm-hmm. and you begin to learn and you grasp and then you realize, no, tractor thing is not what I want to do because yeah. you get a little bit more exposure. I said, oh, I remember going to high school, following company basically because, you know, people always say I was bright. Mm-hmm. I never knew what they meant. Right. You was just I was being just, yourself. I was just going through yeah. and following my company. Um, I, me, he and this, me and this guy is very close. We're mm. friends. And if he's studying, I'm going to study too. You mm. know, I like this girl in the class. Um, if I drop down, uh-huh. I won't be in the same class with her because like, I, I, want to, I want to be with her. You know, so it's those kind of motivations. You did this? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of motivations that had me. I, I did not go to high school to say, I mean, going through high school, I didn't say I'm going to perform well and end up like this, you know, I just was following company until you reach fifth form and you realize, oh wait, Same. these people have been beating me since, since primary school. And then it become a competitive thing now. Yeah, so like... No, 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 we're going to change this year, this year, you know? So even when the results came back from six, I wasn't anticipating that kind of performance. I was just doing it out of, you know... Competition. Coming back at you, you know? Um, and then when I heard my results, I said, no, I got the wrong guy, the wrong people. You to go and back check that, right? Because you end up you here, you see the score, you say, best boy. Uh-huh. Where do I go from here? I, I didn't plan all this. I wanted to get about five subjects. So you give me eight or nine subjects. I was thinking, what, what? What, what is this? What do, yeah, and what I do mean, I do I, now? Yeah. I had friends who were going into the police force um, in 98 and so on. We, you know, as a country boy, you go to, to the beach every day. You go down, we say we go on bay. Uh-huh. You go bay every day. We cook. You know, we lime, we, we, we had a friend who had a shop, whose parents had a shop, we get some wine, we drink at night time. We just do that every day for the entire summer. summer. Uh-huh. About eight of us, and of the eight of us, six of them went into the police force at the same force. time. Uh-huh. So we were a year behind, me and a guy we call Algin, um, uh-huh. Sasset, he's now in the, in, in the Navy mm-hmm. in the US. We said, that's our next step as well. We're going to go to police the police force. force. So I actually applied, right? Got the call to go do the exams and so on, but couldn't show up because. When the results came back from CXC, there's a guy in my village called Donald Freeman, Banga. Mm-hmm. I credit him to a great extent. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you, you try to figure out how can I, you know, honor people like those. Yes. You mm-hmm. understand? And you could never find a way. You know, you could never find a, a forum and say, mm-hmm. all you could just simply just say is that. Thank you, yeah. Right? And I remember he came and he checked, for, checked on me um, to see how I had performed. Uh-huh. He remembered an experience we had three years prior 
on the, on the sidewalk, I grew up on the street. Mm-hmm. I'm always on the street, night and day, night and day, you know? Uh-huh. And he was coming through a bunch of us who were sitting on a shop we call Cathy Shop uh-huh. on the main road. It looked like a bus stop without officially being called a bus stop, stop, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he came down the line, he asking each, each one of us, what class you in? You know, somebody uh-huh. will say, I'm in three, four, three, five, or, you know, some uh-huh. remedial class and so on. And so he came up and when he came to me, I said, three, A, one. He skipped and went. And he come back, he said, what class you in? I said, three, A, one. He said, what are you doing here? Basically, he said, in my surrounding, I'm, I don't belong. Oh, because snap. I should be. So he said, you know what? I don't check on you. So he actually came back like two years later when CXC results done. Uh-huh. And he came and checked to see how I had done. Uh-huh. So I showed him my results and so on, and he was rather impressed. So yeah. he said, you know, what are you, you, you planning on doing? I said, I'm going into the police force. I was committed to that. Uh-huh. Um, and I was committed to that for more than one reason. But I told you my friends who were already there. Mm-hmm. I had younger sisters who were struggling. Um, if I knew I was struggling uh-huh. as, a young, as a young boy, uh-huh. hard to go to school. Um, think you don't have lunch, you don't have bus money sometimes, you don't have anything. You can't do sports. And I was a very active fella. Couldn't go, you know? So if I was struggling as mm-hmm. a young boy, my sisters were younger than me, they had it worse, oh, man. In, in, in my view. So I said, I have to work. Yes, yes. I have to work because I want to make sure that I could ease the burden. For them, yeah. For them and so on. And I, I remember, he said, no, you can't go any force. He said, somebody like you, no, 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 no. You ain't going to let you go in the force. I don't think he meant it in a negatively, bad way. No, in yeah, a bad yeah, way. Yeah. He just wrong with the police force. better for you. Right, but he said, man, you have to, you have to, so they're coming back. He jumped, he went in his vehicle and went down, come back with a half scholarship from Hasford's and Laws, you know, uh-huh. mix. It wasn't sufficient to maintain me to CFBC, uh-huh. but it was something. It was yes. something big, in my view. In so even view. though I might have to skip a week out of school, mm. you know what I mean? And, 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 and two weeks, I'll get my friend Kenville from Newton Ground to put in my name because you don't have to have 80% um, attendance. Yes, so yes. Just put in my name for me. I can't make it. I don't have the finances to go. It literally, the finances to go to CFB just to, to CFBC, go from from St. Paul's up. I, I went CFB barefooted already. No shoes. You understand? So what? people in class think that I was just being comedic. You know, I was yeah, just being a being puppy funny. show. Yeah. Of course, I have this kind of puppy show kind of mm. thing to me. Mm-hmm. But it was serious thing. So I, I find a way to make it jovial. Yeah. And but it was serious. It was, I was, it was serious. I didn't have my shoes. I could, f- I could remember. I could feel now. The, the heat of the bus, you know, the engine is underneath. Yes, 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 yes. I'm right in front, I'm feeling the heat of the engine, and it's all on my feet coming to town. Right? So people think it was a joke. You're you, you, you always puppy showing yourself. They don't know. I took it to make it a puppy show, but I wanted to come to school because I had to be there for that class. Yes, yes, yes. I don't yes, have yes. an exam coming up now. You know? So you, you do these things and you come through. So you appreciate even the little gesture, kindness and yeah, support and course. so forth. But you still know that you have to put in your, your own set of work. Effort, yeah. You right? put in effort. And you have, to, you have to be there. And even now, even when I've come to all this, um, I, I went on after my, my master's, I think, um, to do a whole host of different stuff. I still, my mind doesn't even wake up. And, you know, my mind go back to, them, some, to those experiences. I still never dream them again like I'm still there. Like I dream the hardship sometimes. Dude, I'm still stuck at, at Meshach, I'm sorry, but I'm still stuck at, you don't have any bus fear to come to town and you're coming to town with your shoes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you, 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 that you is, come. You, um, sometimes you hope that the bus man don't ask you for the money. You know? You like, hope to steal. the amount of people changing on yeah, the bus, you feel course. like you don't pay. Um, you, you don't intend to steal. I was never the kind of person to steal. To but steal it's just out of necessity. Yeah, like, you just have to do it. If I could 
keep this dollar fifty or this dollar yeah, twenty five. Because most of my company won't have lunch anyway. Right? So you come in. But you still you I come in because I have I have at least I have access to books. Yeah. yeah. Lars is there. Yes. And I get $150 from from, from, from our Hasfords. But it wasn't enough because I was living with a grandmother who was getting two hundred um dollars per month from social security. Wow. So what can that do? Exactly. You understand? I got a scholarship. I I got I won the best award, best boy award, right? Mm-hmm. Um the Football Association, that the same Donald Freeman was in charge of president of, mm. normally gives like a thousand EC to the person who from St. Paul's who performed best at the Sunday Point High School. Uh-huh. I got that. So when my grandmother saw that, uh-huh. of course, it's like, rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah. I was rich to her, you know. So I had to make sure I find my breakfast and my lunch. The only thing that she would offer me is a piece of food in the afternoon. So in a matter of time, the thousand dollars that of I had. Of course, it's going to be done. Food, you, you couldn't convince, convince her that, that it's done. done. You know? So, even even so, it's like you learn from those kind of them kind of things. Yeah. Like okay, so you you went to college, but did you you studied physical planning in colleges? That what no, you what I, did I, you major? University, I double majored. Again, double majored in land sociology, uh-huh. right? And that is because I don't know what I want to do. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, if I wanted to do that, I couldn't afford it. Wow. I'm somebody when I le- when I was when I wanted to go to school, it was it was forced. It was um, I didn't plan on going after university. That was no intention of mine. Uh-huh. Just like it was not my intention to go to CFBC. CFBC. Uh-huh. Right? And even when I was in CFBC, there's this, this lecture I had from, from challengers called Miss Hughes. Uh-huh. Right? She used to say, you are college material. You're university material. And I used to say, stop it, I'm going to go work. Yeah, you know because I mean? the, you focused the, on... Mine in there. You yeah. Know, you know, I, I didn't see it. And they used to have this Indian teacher who, who teach... Who, who, taught us um, communi- uh, Caribbean studies. Caribbean studies. Mm-hmm. And she would say, if you're bright, you don't need money. If you're bright, you don't need, need money to take you to different places like to university and so on. Just, you know? And I said, what, what's she talking what about? What's she talking about? <laughs> so, there was no intention to go to university, but I was working, I started working in government and you know, you're working for 1,375. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the exact figure, 1,375 dollars. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I was like, is that, is that I think it was $1,156. Yeah, you're working for that. <laughs> and uh, the customs, even I love, even I love the experience at customs in terms of every day was something almost different and yeah. new. And challenging. And challenging. Um, the, the culture of, 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 of the, the leadership there, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of Daniel Cable. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Cable left shortly uh, um, after you came. After I came, mm-hmm. um, the other persons, man, they they didn't like a character like me, you know. Why were you were you intimidating to them? Or I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I I think one. I'm from I'm from Saint Saint Paul. Really? And yes. And these things will come up often. I say it not just to play down on, on the issue, but mm-hmm. it it is something that is real. Because they'll mock at everything. As a matter of fact, they thought I was a crazy fella. They thought I was sent there because of political reasons. Like, uh-huh. I don't have any qualifications. Even though they have records in their system. Yeah. They said, I'm crazy. So I had, I had no work to do for months. Wait, 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 wait. So they, they, they call you crazy what, just because you're from St. Paul's? They said, like... Well, they, they, I come there. I, I'm very quiet at the time. Uh-huh. I'm very quiet fella. Mm-hmm. And so they figure out, is, I'm only there because Dougie sent me send you up there. Send you up there. Oh. Right, they didn't know I could come from CFBC. I had even 60 subjects. Which CFBC kept subjects most of which custom never had. Oh, right? snap. At so you time, were a little, what, overqualified? Or in, in, a, in a sense, one or two persons would have had some kind of qualification, but it was not something that was necessary. mainstay throughout the organization. Okay. But they didn't know that still. 
So they just just use the basis that because he from St. Basil Company get a work. Yeah, right. I see that. And mm -hmm. so that treatment went on for months. Months. So I used to just walk, walk from shed one to shed two. That's down the seaport. Yeah. Every day, just walk up and down, not doing anything. What? Until one day, um, a, a former classmate of mine, and, and, and we were very close in town because we, we spent five years in high school together and all the classes were in. Uh -huh. So she, uh, she was working in what you call the, the CSU, the, which is basically the Secretariat for the Control of Customs, mm -hmm. all the office um, stuff are done. Overheard some members in the leadership of, of Customs saying, oh, the boy is so crazy and whatever, whatever. They don't know what they're setting him up here for. So she stopped them and said, what are you, who are you talking about? You know? Uh -huh. She said, no, nothing wrong with Misha. So you see, she brought them in now and said, look at, look at this file. Yeah, right? the guy, yeah. So, but, but in a matter of a day, the rhetoric and the, the narrative about me changed. One time. You, you, me, I ain't crazy no more. I believe I'm bright. What? Right? So it's still negative. It's still, it's still negative. From so, negative to negative. Yeah, so I find it. I found it very interesting. But then a lot of pressure came on me after that because mm. then you start getting unwanted attacks. You you didn't understand why people were upset with you. Mm. Um, I, I at the time I was a Christian boy too, so there was yeah. challenge along those lines as well. So it was so, it was not only just no. you 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 um your acumen in terms no, of your no, your studies. It's now about me. your religion. Where anything from, that could be attacked. Everything and. Mm. I, I watched it. I learned the customs job in, like, in a short period of time, a quick learner, and I just became to a point where I could even teach and train people in my office. Right? And I remember that there was an issue of um, some article in the Sun, in Sun newspaper at the time mm -hmm. that transformed me to a cargo shed at the airport. The, the Chicago shed? Yeah, a, a cargo shed, and there was some rusting of the the burglar bars and so on. It was an office that when wind fall and wind blow, mm -hmm. everything in there get mess messy. Oh, it's terrible. And I remember one time I was there and I watching a young lady eating a piece of bread for her lunch mm -hmm. and the rust drop off on her bread. Oh, no. I, 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 was, I couldn't take that. I said, we've been talking and discussing these issues for months. I, people should not be working in these conditions. So, so for some reason, the... <laughs> I know how it came. I will not mention it. The guys, um, he's no longer working for customs, but mm. you know, for for the sake of of, of um, maintaining that part of it, mm. he got um, his son people people to come in, and they interviewed me. So <laughs> the <ti> no, this <laughs> the, target the, get the, on your back. No, the, 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 the uh. title of the article I remember said deplorable conditions at Air Cargo Shed. The word deplorable alone yes, told them it was me. Oh no! So they insisted that it has to be him because addiction. Yes, in terms of addiction, it yes. Says somebody who, who actually used that word, <laughs> who would <laughs> actually like come up with the word yeah, deplorable. Yeah. Deplorable. So I'm saying deplorable is like. That's not that's a normal like, word! But that's what they use to pin it because they're looking at the other persons around yeah. and say, no, it's him. It's you. So, and it so happened that when the, when the photographer for them took a photo, of your cargo shed, I was in it, but not posing for the photo. I was leaning over the corner dealing with a customer. So oh you know, you're, well, you're well aware. And so, because of that, it became quite tumultuous. I remember that I had to go through some kind of interrogation. Then, time customers were going to transition. Uh -huh. And so, they had the UK Border um, Protection Agency here, some white men. And I remember one of them clearly used to smoke a lot as a slim, a slim guy. Uh -huh. And they took me into a room. But I remember. That my mentor at the time in customs uh -huh. was he was a very contrary fellow in a sense, very intelligent, told me before I go in, never answer a question that was not asked. 
That's all he, he said to me. That's mm-hmm. all his advice to me going into that room. I could never forget it. And I still practice that up to date. Right? Mm-hmm. I went into that room and the man asked me questions upon questions. Mm-hmm. And trying to get me to, to admit to, and yeah. to say that I was the one and son. I know it was me. Mm-hmm. But I know what they were looking for. They wanted to fire somebody. They wanted to get rid of somebody. Yeah, to make an and example. And the guy one time stopped and said, but you're not answering anything. So I said, you didn't ask me anything. You're just making, making accusations. And exactly. So <laughs> and so I remember like this went on for some time and whenever they said something, I would say back something. And they said, man, it's a matter of semantics. And so, mm-hmm. you know, all these things and so on. All these words and so on. I said, look, at the end of the day, we're going to end up at the same result. So I remember the report that he had given to them was, mm. this guy, uh-huh. He's too young to be processing the way he's processing right now. Right? What, what in do you the mean? sense that they are supposed to be able to break me. And they're not able to be so that that yeah. so the, he will be he can be a problem. What? <laughs> right? so, so wait, 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 wait. Let me get it straight. So 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 you're saying that you get called into an interrogation. Mm-hmm. And a guy is making accusation, and I could only imagine the battering and mm. the, you know, you did this, you should just say you did it, that yeah. kind of nonsense, yeah, 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 yeah. kind of police tactics. But like, he's doing that. You are not answering the question because you're not asked anything. Me, no. Can't pin you to it. So therefore, they say, oh, this guy is, he's yeah, a problem he's saying, because he's not answering the because question. Because at that time, I am like around 20 years, 19 years, and they're thinking to themselves, no, he's not supposed to be able to handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not only thing I was handling them as well. Mm. I was shoving back questions and so forth and diverting and so forth. So they were called, no, 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 no. This right? is this not is, supposed this to be able to do it, right? But it's, as a result of that, they, 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 they removed me from all customs operations and placed me at a... a, a an office of the called National Joint Headquarters of the, of, of, um, of the Defense Force yard. <laughs> now this is an office where nothing happens. You know? And where you're just there waiting for this call that never comes of some boat on the water that might be in distress or somebody trying to bring drugs across the water. That call never comes. Nothing. For months. But I remember um, the commander when I got there because at that time I was also part-time in the defense force. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I got there the commander said to me and these are very critical points in my life when I started to think about what kind of advice really instructed me in a way, and I took them seriously enough to give me real guidance. Mm-hmm. Commander said to me, they might think that they're punishing you, but it's up to you how you receive this. Mm. And so he told me a story about a, a, a second-in-command in the military in Barbados mm-hmm. who, who, where deputy is always not a functional position, it's just something almost symbolic. You yeah, never, yeah. You never work until the, 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 the man is not there. Yes, yes, yes. And he said, this particular um, deputy. deputy transformed the military, right? Became mm-hmm. the most important office in the military just because he, he refused to accept the definitions that were given to him yeah. for the post and gave it a new thing. He redefined and it. Redefined it and he made it into something most powerful office in the military, right? Mm. So he said, you come in here, look around, see what you can pull from the environments and to help build you and build your capacity. And I remember at the time, remember I told you I'm a, I'm a country boy, I grew up, most of them had lights and so forth, so I'd never use a computer. And I'm telling you, I'm now 19 years. Yes, I just came out, I don't do six and CFBC. I never really use a computer so much. I mm. used to write everything, my letters used to be handwritten. Yeah. So I didn't know the type. And all I'm seeing is a whole office 
full of computers. Full of computers. So I say, wow. I could go and learn computers. I start punching the keys one finger at a time till I could punch with two and learn and go on the internet to actually do research and so on. And then I took the opportunity to apply for university. So Same you apply for university there? Right there. Because I said, these people, I cannot be at the bottom and take this kind of nonsense from mm. people. Right? Even though I had no intention to go to university ever in my life before, mm. the motivation came from realizing that people with authority who have bad agendas can really mess you up. Yeah, and they could waste your life, man. And they waste your life. So I said, you know what? I'm going to university. I don't know how. Right? I don't know. I'm going to find the resources and the money from. There's nobody in my family I could go and count and say, stand for me at mm. the development bank. Nobody. I tried people outside of mm. my family. Couldn't get it done. And I could tell you this to this day. There's a guy called Lieutenant Bass mm -hmm. and another one called Vaughn Woodley, mm. which my respect goes out to any time. Every time I see Mr. Bass in particular, I don't know how to say hello because hello just don't sound like Adequate, enough. Yeah. You know? And I remember Vaughn Woodley, I had it out in university, I mean, in, in college. Um, he came to class one time and teaching us history and so on. He made some comments. Uh -huh. But them time day, I was kind of getting into a revolutionary kind of vibe. I was a yeah. history, history student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're and like, I remember, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I started revving up the class, man. You know, the class get kind of hype. Oh, so he, had a, he ran out of the class. What? He was around Guy Fax. And I remember making some stuff. I can't remember exactly what I said. And I lit a match. Uh -huh. And the class was, went in uproar. He had to run out of the class and went upstairs to Miss McPhail. You know? And so Miss McPhillam had to call me into um, a, a session to think and so on. And so diffuse so, the situation. the situation. And they, I remember she said, she ended up stopping me and said, wait, wait. But Mr. Mr. Woolley, you, you apologize and apologize, but you brought he. And he didn't apologize once. He, you are apologizing, you know? So, so he was apologizing so, for something because I now went and the attack now as to say why I did what you did. And so on and made him to be the actual perpetrator. Of no the, one turned himself victim. So I began oh. to work at that. And so he and I couldn't really pull, pull yeah, yeah. right? But one thing I could say about him mm -hmm. is that when it came time to go after university and I call him and I say, you um, need help. I need help. Did, did not hesitate to sign my paper. We are not family. Mm. I don't know him from before um, in, um, college, but he saw in my papers for, for Development Bank mm. to say, I'm yeah, let the young man go. Because he always thought I was a bright fella. Mm -hmm. Right? Same thing with Lieutenant Bass. The same office, National General Quarters, I tell you about. Mm. He was in charge of that office. And I don't remember what happened up there. But he and I had it out. Massively, I, 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 was, I, I didn't have direction. Uh -huh. So any authority come to me in a certain way, I step into your yeah, toe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? you, you, so you're ready to rebel. Yeah, I, I couldn't control myself at the time. Any one reason why I went into defense was to finally with the discipline. Discipline. Yeah. So I remember telling him off. Mad sick out. Tell him off. You know? And, and he's still the one who... And remember, when time now, when I don't exhaust me search and so forth, you know, mm -hmm. I, I remember that... Uh, having told him this thing, I think I had apologized subsequently. Uh -huh. So I went to him and he said, give me one second. He called the bank, asked this particularly about his accounts, the answer for it in mm -hmm. Development Bank. He said, are they in good standing and so on? Is it okay for that? And the man just signed the documents 
Like, my name call home, talk to his wife to say, if this, is this okay? Just sign so off. So, them things, they kind of humble me. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. humble me. Because they tell me when I could have gotten into serious trouble. These are the guys who just stayed there. The same thing, I was telling you, I could call the guy name to in customs who really saved me, who told me what not what to, to say, say anything. Is Mr. Mr. Brown from Sandy Point. Mm -hmm. Right? Mr. Brown, I basically, have you say, I rat him up. He got the worst, the worst of it. And I remember I told him off up there in in um in in, in your cargo shed, right in front of the staff. The staff attitude went because we had a nice environment up there, man. Uh -huh. so what good relations we're, up we're here? Good like, that's how he is. Mm -hmm. And something he had upset me with. He was wrong. Mm -hmm. I knew he was wrong. Mm -hmm. But when I went home, I said the man could be wrong. But the way but you the dealt, way with, I it dealt with it wasn't was, right. Was yeah. And so I went, when I went back to work the next day, I talked to a, a young lady, Diane Henderson. She's mm. still a custom officer, you know, ever so close, you know? Mm. And she said, I talked to her say, yesterday. She said, Mr. Kiri Wang, you know? So I said, all right. So I went and I said, I want to apologize to him. But I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Go up to him and apologize to him. Mm. Because when I broke him down, it was public. It yeah? was in front of people. Mm -hmm. So let me make sure everybody else is here. So I called everybody mm -hmm. and apologized to him. That takes a lot, man. That's yeah. really big. So I said, I'm not saying that I agree with what you did. Mm. I'm saying my approach to you, because you didn't dissolve. No, no, no. That's that a kind disrespect. Of, yeah, yeah, vitriol and so on. Mm. And so, and I could see his shoulders just change. His attitude just, like, that gives a big relief. And the office itself just changed. Mm. It went from, from being Tense. cold and dark to yeah. coming back off. And just to show you, just a couple of weeks after, I'm in trouble. And the same guy. Come so back, three yeah. different occasions where I don't yeah, basically rat up three different persons and them are the same guys who come, come back, back to help you. And help me out. And there's a big lesson support. here, you know, like exactly. there's a humongous lesson. Like a lot of the times, like I think we take out with frustrations mm -hmm. on people and it's the very same people we take with frustrations it's the people just end up have to help us yeah. like I mean I, I've had multiple conversations and, and discussions and arguments and mm -hmm. debates with my father yeah. and I swear to God if I ever have to go into anything he's probably the first, first person I would call yeah. and he would come he wouldn't even like yeah. they would name me a question about it it's like what you need what you want yeah. let's do it so it's like, I don't know. So Misha, it's situations like those. You asked about the university and how I got there. And I wanted to give you the backstory because mm. I ended up in university because of situations like those. Mm -hmm. um, because of what I, my experience in customs was. Mm. And I went off and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Now I become. And that's why you see the duplicity of the, the degree. Yeah. So, sociology and, and law. law. Yeah. I had no background in those things. From CFBC, there's no connection. I just had to go to university. But then you, know you, I mean? you you did go through the entire process of getting these degrees, right? Yeah, I I, I, I spent three three years in, in, in Barbados. Not easy years. Because I, mean, I could yeah. tell you this much. <laughs> um, it's, it's always a, a personal, it was a struggle. I tell you, my environment was a rough and violent one, mm -hmm. right? Not just me being violent, but my environment itself was rough. It was hostile. You know, the things I've seen as a, as a little boy and son, um, violence I've seen happening to my mother, happening to my grandmother and this kind of different stuff. You know, I've seen skull crack opening in front of me what? and so on as a little boy. So you usually have this roughness to your still yeah. and so on, right? And my, I'm always very visual. I'm very graphic in my mind. I don't I can't draw. Uh -huh. <laughs> but when I see, I see things based on visual, yeah. if you could speak it to me and I could see the visual, I can't forget it. Mm -hmm. I'm not good with sounds, but visual. Yeah. So 
when 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 I enter the university life and so forth, I'm still a bit rough, mm -hmm. you know. And I I chose the subject area, but but I couldn't make connection with the subject areas and my back my home my 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 same kids. Mm -hmm. If I can't make that kind of connection, it, it wouldn't make sense. So I remember getting a bit disoriented when I was in university. Mm -hmm. I remember not even studying the material, just going on and reading on my own stuff about the you know I the nation of Islam, reading about Walter Rodney and them guys, you know George Beckford and son. And these had play. nothing. These had to do with your degree. Or they had the, nothing. Most of them I wasn't even <laughs> studying them at the time, right? It's but just, just trying to search and find my way. Connection. Yeah, in in sort school and. It was not until like later on in my program, last year in my program, did one particular course mm. about agrarian reform that really touched me. Mm. Because you're talking about sustainability and all these things. Agrarian reform. reform. Mm. But I could tell you too, even in university, <laughs> I remember coming home one summer and got arrested. What? <laughs> right? And get locked up for like eight days. You know what I understand? Because you're still, you're still trying to balance your, your, your life as a, an academic and your street life. So, so before you left, you had a pronounced street life? Like you like, had a, a see, reputation? Street life wasn't... You see, was it, it, this is what people are talking about now, mm. about street life and the gang thing and so on. It thing. wasn't like that. Okay. It wasn't mm. like that. You, mm. know, you understand? I always laugh when people say they're, they're a street man because growing up and so on, fellas on the street, their dream is to come off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want a home. I was on the street because my house was never was comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Right? I had to go sleep. Late at night, go in late night to avoid certain things and get up very early before everybody else to avoid certain things. Wow. Right? Uh -huh. So it was never a comfortable situation because I was never welcome in the house that I was in by, mm. by uncles and them kind of stuff. Mm. Right? Never understood why. Right? So these people now who to me, I see um, giving validation to the street life and so forth. It never like, made no sense. And it I wasn't told them comfortable. It wasn't street life in the street never take care of anybody yet. It swallow you up and spit you up. Right? Mm. On top of the street, you're most, be most likely to become victimized at some point. Mm. So I never understood why in this new era, mm -hmm. people coming out of live dropping their Nintendos now and coming out <laughs> to come talk about them, them talk on the street and so forth. I said, right. like, are you mad? So even when in 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. even I'm in university, when I come back home, it's on the street I am. Yeah. Talk like a man, I'm still on that lame hard. You know what I mean? And, and, and is, it, is it because of necessity? Like in terms of, is it that your living arrangement were more or less still the same at that it point? Was, it was really the, the same. Even though I, I um, like when I left my house to go to university, the people in my house never knew where I was going. They didn't know you were going to university? No, I just went missing, in a sense. What? So there's nobody to discuss this with. Right? So the decisions I, I've taken all the time, it's just me. So when I look at it and I and I and I and I been to university, like I remember in university and sick like a dog. Every two weeks my gums swell down to my tongue. I have a dental issue, I don't know what it is. You understand? Mm. Yet there are points when I can't even eat. Well, most of the time I can't even eat, can't even drink properly, can't even drink nothing hot or spicy. I remember there time when I took a needle. Bought a needle in a store to try to choke my gum myself because the pain was so much that even if I dig it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as the, the pain that I'm feeling on a constant level. So I'm trying to get a bus, so you know? that it could release yeah, the pressure. Not, and it wouldn't happen. 
So, and I don't have the money to, to, to investigate again, get fixed. Because dentists in Barbados is quite expensive, yeah, like course, everything yeah. else. Yeah. So, uh, I, I watch all those things. So, when I tell you, like, I got arrested and so forth, I had to pay some monies so that I could get off of this issue. Even though I thought I would have won that case, yeah. I had to pay money, like 8000 out of my money, right? So, going back to school and having these issues, I can't pay for them. You see? So... In school now, you have to, and as I tell you, I told you recently, um, earlier uh-huh. that I would wake up still, like no, mm-hmm. and, and dreaming. Uh, yo, these things in my mind, like I'm waking up in my dream, that, and this is my reality. I'm still back in university, in and I'm failing because I can't um, go to school. I can't go to classes because my gum is swollen and so forth. You see what I mean? So these are like, you're going through it and you, 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 you don't have much people to discuss it with you, suffering you in silence. But, but you have a drive in your mind. I got to get through. So it was not until I get back to saying it's permanently to, you know, get the surgery done and everything. You know, and it was a big, even me, a surgery in my view, mm-hmm. right? Cause I never see somebody cut the gum at the top and, and you want to do these things and what? so it was a serious thing. It was a serious thing, yeah. But you, you had to go through it, yeah. well, you had to go through see, it. I, I used to thought I had oral cancer or something because I don't know what, what it is. What it is, yeah. Right, so I, I did that and my performance, even though I, I, I um, graduated university with honors, mm-hmm. I still believe it was less than my ability, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I always, always upset about it. And I began to think a lot about my grandfather. My grandfather died kind of early. Mm-hmm. But if it's one person I knew, if he had something, I would get it. Get it. If he could pass it on, he would have passed it on to me. Because it's one person I was sure that who actually loved me. Oh, okay. So I always thought of him. Mm-hmm. After I, I said I didn't want to go to uni- university or school and all these things. Mm-hmm. When I reached the point and finished university and came back to St. Kitts, I, I was working with a minister. You, you wait, but when you left, this is the first time you did you leave with the, the master's degree or you left with a bachelor's or what did you I left I, I went to the two different universities oh it's so my first time from 2005 to 2008 was my bachelor's in, mm-hmm. in UAE mm-hmm. I came back and worked for two years I used to work in two year challenges like every two years I make a decision about something and then you right? move I moved to it so when I came back I was working with Nigel Kiati mm-hmm. and so that's how I got involved in politics <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and then I got involved with um mobilization of youth that's mm. why we ran the young labor organization for like two years oh wow uh-huh. right i don't know if you remember that march in 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 in, in 2009 in 1960 march it's still on youtube somewhere it right that, that, that I, I designed and 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 ran you know so your mind was being used as a strategic i was a, stra- I, I was a strategist. strategist i'm a strategist generally generally I, I, sometimes i just don't do it but i'm generally a strategist when it comes to those kind of things mm. i don't think like many um organizations around here mm employ the principles of, of, of strategic thinking and so on. Mm. But, and so I was doing that for the first time and doing and just getting it done. Mm. Um, and so having gone through that 2010 elections and so forth, and mm. I got so many threats from opposition people and so on. Yeah. I, I'd see them up to today and they call it to me like normal and of so on. And what, what happened is they never knew me first. Oh, even they when, just saw the yeah, affiliation. Yeah, they didn't even, know the even though I was a, the top youth Mm-hmm. In terms of the head of the youth arm, nobody knew who the president was except those who were I- exactly in the organization. Oh. So it wasn't until that match that people, I got sourced to the front to say oh. something. So that, so that then the other side now knew. Could not this mm. is identify this is the yeah. position that he holds. At one point, the, 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 the organization that I had built mm-hmm. with, 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 with um, a number of other persons, Christian and, and, those, and those girls and so on. Women are very powerful, actually. They're very. Uh, right? Mm-hmm. So... I, I remember that 
when they ask me what is the purpose of the march, I give them a different reason than what I really intended. I remember at the same time I was military. Yeah. My, my thing was to show strength, mm. right? Rather than be celebrating this 1960s thing, Mark, I don't know, most people don't even care about it. Yeah. But they, they just attempted overthrow and all these things. Uh-huh. My thing was to show to the opposition that there's a, a number you know, here. So I, at one point, I could make one call to, my, to the secretary of the organization. Mm. One call. I mobilized over 200 persons in a half an hour to meet that anywhere. That is crazy. Right? And I had a bulldog as a secretary. You understand? She wasn't like taking no no for that. When, when she called you, you're going. You're you understand? Move. Yeah. So I did that That's for like two power, years. Eh? Yeah. When I did that for two years, I when I was finished and I realized the kind of threats that were coming towards me, and I had no malintent to nobody. Mm-hmm. I, my political support is what it is. Yeah. But I don't care your political affiliation. I could you could work with anybody. Yeah. It doesn't right? matter. So I said no. I'm not a lawyer. I'm in government. Government change next time. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> my ass is grass. It's Everybody true. knows me. So I said, I need to put myself in a position. In a better, in a different position. Yeah, that even if government is the change, or even if I want to leave, I could actually work in the private sector. Yeah. At the time, I would not be able to, have to work for myself. Mm. And so that my work, that's where my mind went. Mm. And my mind also, as I told you, went back to my grandfather, mm. who I always valued the fact that he always used to read the newspaper. Mm-hmm. People used to say he was deaf. And I could all remember as a little boy, like five years old, he told me, you know, these people going up the alley, because, you know, your road wasn't paved, so you had to watch yourself when we were the stones and many roads, you might stomp it off. Of course, you yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So remember easing me up to the alien son and somebody calling him Deaf, Deaf Manuel, uh-huh. Deaf Manuel, you know? Uh-huh. And he wouldn't answer. I didn't know my grandfather was Deaf in one ear, right? But then he said, he turned to me and said, you see, these people calling me Deaf. He said, I bet you. That if they go down the road right now and they see this sign, danger, do not cross, they walk straight to the death because they can't read. Oh, snap. Right? That's like a different level of shit. Yeah. So <laughs> that stuck with me even when I finished my bachelor's, when I finished when my first job in um, coming back from university and so on mm-hmm. and find myself in this situation where people coming at me and attacking me and so on. Mm-hmm. So all attack from my grandfather. If people attacking me, I just make the association and yeah. myself, yo, my grandfather never had an opportunity to go to high school and these things. Mm-hmm. But in his time, I would value his level of education by his ability to read and write yes. in his generation, at least at a master's level. I wouldn't deny myself going to a master's. At least let me equal to him. Right? So I don't disappoint so you his equated, legacy. So you equated your grandfather knowing to read and write yeah, to, a master's to a master's degree in, in, in this, this time. Yeah, and I said, yo, Reach at least friend. let me honor his legacy. Mm-hmm. You understand? And he was no rich man. He was just a hard-working man. Mm-hmm. Right? And I said, you know what? Let me go after school. And he took me back now to that course I told you about a gray uniform. Mm-hmm. I said, what to do? I had options. I could have gone and finished the law. Yeah. But I felt like that, that wasn't, wasn't really, it. That wasn't it. No. You know? And I, I, I had d- different options. And I said, you know what? I remember. And I took up sustainable rural development sustainable rural development I'm a, that's I'm, it I'm a rural guy you know that's it so, that's it so I, went, I, 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 I wrote to the schools there was a school in Canada called Guelph University mm-hmm. and then there was also Aberdeen University in Scotland mm-hmm. I ended up choosing Aberdeen in Scotland right? <laughs> why you guys are so more exotic one it was very far away okay. I, wanted, if, I wanted something uh, with nobody I can't find nobody if I'm saying there's anything in there. I just wanted to do something I'm different. still perplexed I'm sorry I'm still perplexed that you left your home 
and your family literally didn't know where you were going. I did that many on many occasions. <laughs> I and just didn't come back like they didn't call it, but they wouldn't but even they know, know where to, to call. call. I was I was lying with my friends for this when I was going off to university. Uh-huh. I was lying with my friends in the morning on the road chilling. My usual friends every week. They didn't know I was traveling in the afternoon. I jump on a plane in the afternoon, come back. These are already packed in my in my in my car, right? My girlfriend is gonna come and pick me up, uh-huh. and I was there talking and laughing with them and son. And but the next morning, I'm in Aberdeen. I mean, I'm in England, heading up to Aberdeen, and I go over and I coach, right? Because my grandfather always told me, <coughs> when you're planning things, don't tell anybody, don't tell too much people. So the only person you always knew was my aunt, because mm. whenever you tell people something, you don't know why it didn't work out because you told the wrong person, mm. right? And I, it happened to me. It did. So it it's did happen. It happened to practical. me even for that experience because I applied for a scholarship. Remember, I was a top labor mm. youth mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the labor government administration. Yeah. Right? And I applied and I was almost guaranteed it. But then somebody, I don't yeah. call his name. Somebody Somebody was told that I was doing it. And the I don't know how he got my information because he's not a part of the office. Within a 15 minutes of me submitting my application, he reached my office to discuss my application. You understand? What? And I never got you with the scholarship. Even though I was told by the top person. Of course, that is that guaranteed. Get, get guaranteed. And it's only upon... There's a guy, now I could call his name, Mr. Mm. Mukasa. He was head of um, drafting legislation in, 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 in the administration, in the, in the government, uh-huh. in, in, in the legal office. Who took my documents? Because he couldn't understand. He used to work in the commission, he told me, back in England. And he said, he sent them off. Give, he scanned them, gave them my copy and sent them off. I remember, he came back one day, he said, you know what? Michelle, meet me down in the parking lot for government quarters, please. I don't want to talk about in the building. He shoved the papers in my hand and said, look, you, you, that was stopped. These people never even received your documents. These yeah, things go so off. It in, didn't go off. It yeah, didn't possess. These things go off in diplomatic pouches. So you would have gone straight. So they did not send it. Right? So when I called them the time before, before I talked to him, mm-hmm. and they told me, oh, you didn't get to, you know, up to now I haven't gotten a formal response to my application. Wow. Over the phone, I'm told you didn't. Go. So yeah. I realized the value of the lesson my grandfather was trying to teach me. You don't, even though in that situation, I even told him, some, this knowledge shared with other people and they have a, a, a chance to stop it because they said at the time, this is coming, I came back to me, you're moving too fast. What? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, I began what? to really check myself and check myself yeah, against yeah. people and there their is, own aspirations for you. But there's, there's, I think, may, I don't know if we, in our time, mm. if we don't do enough of that. Mm. Like, in terms of um, keeping what we're doing at least semi-secret mm. so that we could actually achieve it. Achieve like, it. I think we try, to, we try to get the praise before we actually do the work a lot of the times. Like, I know for sure, like, even on my timeline, like, there are people who, like, would say, like, I'm, I'm going on a diet or mm-hmm. um, I'm looking to go to university. And the, like, like, don't say anything. Just, say just do it. I'll tell you what I do. I'll voice it to you with months, with 12 months in advance. I never talk about it again. So when I go on, you can't say I never told you. Yeah, because you said, you said it. <laughs> but you said it so long. Not so it's long like, ago, yeah. Wait, did he says? Yeah, remember you saying something. Yeah, I remind you that I said it to you. So it's not that I have, I don't have manners. I did tell you. So did you, did you do that same thing with your family? Like you, you mentioned it like haphazardly, like 
thinking about going away to for, study. N- well, all one person, my aunt would, my aunt would, would know. have known. Yes, my she aunt, would have. One person would know. Um, but would she have communicated it to them no, after no, you no. left? As a matter of fact, my grandmother at the time that I grew up with, um, at it, um, we, we were getting a lot better because growing up, we were not um, that close. friendly. We were mm. close. I live, we live with her. She's yeah. not looking after me, but I don't think she raised me. I think she dragged me, right? Oh. So, <laughs> so, so it was, it was, I had this almost like a hatred for my grandmother growing up. Only to know today when I look back and say, the most important woman ever in my life to shape me. Right, so I have nothing but love, especially in the latter days of her it's, life. So, so, so is it is it that she was more of like just a rough? She she's, she was she rough. Raised you roughly. But she just decided early on, yo, me gonna wash and cook. I mean, I'm gonna wash and iron and all this thing for you, you know. So at the age of seven or so, you, you don't know, know you don't know how to do them things there. You understand? Because she she woke up, you me not go, me don't waste three and already me not go waste an exit. So what? just come, you know, I give you a piece of food. Yeah. Just, you know how they talk. Yeah. You give a piece of food. And maybe some tea, but you can you can do what you're supposed you to do. You can do everything else. Yeah. So I, I, I always cherish that moment and so on. So even when I was going after university, you don't know. Uh, the first to. time I was not sat by her. I know her well. Because mm. she was already proud now. Mm. So if I go and tell her, she she blind at the time and she uh, she couldn't walk properly, she would go to the, the, the veranda mm. um leading down to the main road. Mm. So people would pass up and pass down and call her baby girl, baby girl, and random fact. My son, my grandson gone after this. I couldn't have that. You know, that's <laughs> old people and that's how yes, they operate. Yes, that's right? how they operate. They're very, so, they're very on the lip. Yeah, so on the morning of going after Barbados, that's when I told her. I went in, in her room. I sat on the bed next to her. Mm-hmm. I kissed her. And I said, Tantan, I'm going after school. So she didn't understand at the time. So I said, I'm going after university. Go do um, some further education. So she would cry a little bit and so on and oh, things and so on. Oh, she but, did. But she, she didn't know in advance enough to, to, to alert the community. community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's know, what you mean, but you didn't really say anything. Yeah. But I didn't, out of her heart and my aunt. No, nobody. Nobody. I just get up and, and just move. So there were times when I was in places um, in the world where I knew where if anything happened to me, that is it. That's it. That's yeah. the end. I was in Scotland and there was no family close where I was because I was in university there. When I jump in, I could tell you, um, I, I did an overnight coach from um, Birmingham uh-huh. to London, 10 hours, to, to Aberdeen, uh-huh. Aberdeen City, 10 hours. And I could remember falling asleep on the coach, but we're getting up and moving those shades back. And I could not breathe, literally. Why? why? Because I start thinking now, like almost like a panic attack. Start thinking, why? What the hell are you doing? Yeah, because you're so far away. Like far. I said, you're not just. You ain't just come out of St. Paul and gone Boston. You ain't come out of Boston and gone Nevis. Ah, in Barbados. You come all the way up here. You ain't stopping in England. You gonna have a scat with nobody there. You're not gonna family in England. You understand? You're gonna. My family is very small, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, if anything happened to you, That's boy, it. what the hell? So you're done. I, I did, and I just, just panic. I was in the class for like a month and don't understand a thing. The lecturers ever say. Everybody talk English. But the accent, yeah, it's really hard. Telling your idea, like, well, what the hell did this man just say? You know? So I had to go, I'm going to read extra. I felt like, boy, I'm definitely going to fail this course because I don't know what the hell the man saying up there. You know, so it took some time to adjust, to, to, to adjust myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I, I never saw snow because I never really traveled outside I could only imagine. Right? So idea, The like, shock. But I, it, was, it was one of those experiences, but it's one of the most valuable. You see, those of course. university, mm-hmm. I don't give the value. I mean, I spent a great deal of money on my university mm-hmm. life. I took loans. Mm-hmm. One point when I finished, I had a, almost 180,000 in student loans. <laughs> but I was, I always look and say, 
you see those experiences I had in the university, not the classroom. Mm-hmm. Outside, the culture. Outside and in the people and so on. I met friends, I have friends in St. Vincent, Trinidad, come all the way up to Jamaica. That I could just drop on the airport and say, guess who just touched down? And then I reach, reach at the airport and pick you up and we gone. The camaraderie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have my experience in, 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 in Aberdeen. One of the reasons why I chose to go to Aberdeen, the program itself says, uh, and I, got to, I almost got in some trouble here. Um, the, the, the program said that you had an option to do your project overseas in one of three countries, Brazil, India, or South Africa. What? Right? Uh-huh. And so I decided I couldn't choose Gulf in Canada. Right? Uh-huh. In these two years, this is a one-year continuous assessment program. program. Very difficult. Yeah. But I get to go a certain place. I don't work out. I go in South Africa. So coming out of my political agitation kind of spirit, I'm the only black guy in the class. The only black guy. Ants in milk. You go look for miles. You see me, right? You see me, right? So I'm in the class now, uh-huh. and they want to make a change. They don't decide that the school doesn't have enough funding and money. No, I don't pay my four thousand pounds, mm-hmm. right? My thousand pounds for this for this thing, which is almost four thousand easy at the time. Yeah, um, to go South Africa. And I work. I go in South Africa. There's a guy. This guy in the class called Rabbi. He's more of a gypsy kind. A fella, you know. A gypsy. <laughs> yeah, he hair fully, <laughs> and and he just excited about nothing. Always excited, <laughs> right? Come class late, come in, never did no studies and so on. He never help with the presentation, and he come and he lead the presentation. That's how he kind of guy he was, right? And I used to just watch him and just laugh and study him, you know? Mm. And I knew I could use him. What? For my political experience. So when they started giving us all this rhetoric about not, no money and so on, and I said, I told him right away, take a screenshot of a print screen of the page, the, the university people that they published that this is what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they want to change and make us go to somewhere in England, mm-hmm. meaning in that, because that's, that's, that's not what we signed, signed up for. Signed up for, yeah, yeah. So... I, I sat him down, I sat in the class, you know, and I said, look, fellas, we are going to South Africa. And this is the plan. I remembered from my law courses, and I, I got a good memory when it came to it, that in law, there's something called legitimate expectation. Mm-hmm. If you, as, an, as a public entity, if you publish something, yeah. and if you promise it, mm-hmm. you must deliver on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to have a case yeah. coming against you. So, I used that, and I... Put that in him. I was. I knew I was not the right person to to voice it. To, to voice it, or uh, to even approach the, the, the head of the it, university. Yeah. This is a large university. The university was like over four hundred years old. They <laughs> have long traditions and so forth, uh, and thing with the kilt and uh, and all kind of skirt. And kind of thing. So, and you were a Caribbean yeah, guy. And the Caribbean fella uh, come from so far. So <laughs> I said, I said, I said, I put, I set him up, and he's excited fella. And all I got was the report that the guy came to the meeting. Well, we got into the meeting, the head of the university actually showed, the president actually showed up, and they were trying to explain in a diplomatic way. I told him what to do and how to do it. I said, you're not looking for explanations. You're looking for results. Just make your case, right? Mm-hmm. They said, the man went to India, present what he had to say, get up, walk out, and slam the door. That's what Robbie did? Robbie did, right? All I could do is just laugh. <laughs> I said, I couldn't have chosen a better, better candidate. Person. Like, so, no, no BS. All we heard was, you guys go in South Africa, right? <laughs> I said, well, it was done, right? And the other programs around, because it's a geography program, really. Uh-huh. But the geography programs around us had to go to places in Europe. 
and not to those extremities Ex- like they, they, India exotic and places. No. So we were in South Africa about a month after, right? For about nine days in the mountains, just living, living the life, you know? But wait, wait, when you guys went there, you guys went there to do a project or something. You had to do an it's, evaluation. It, it, it's part of like your development as, as a researcher, mm-hmm. um, analyzing issues and so on. Um, I am somebody who like, analyzes socioeconomic environments and also the physical environment mm-hmm. and see where they cross each other. You know, um, is it is it is it for the function of optimizing that symbiosis, or is it just well, everything everything for me in my field, everything exists within nature itself. So mm-hmm. whatever you, an economy comes out of the environment. Yeah, um, so our society comes out of that as well as an economy. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's these circles where they all intertwine. Yeah, right. Um, but one, one of the program itself was basically about unsustainability, uh, uh, mm-hmm. right? Throughout, and we look at a lot of um, situations, whether it was um, how structural adjustment programs mm-hmm. um, messed with NHRTO in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. There was a, a um, Julia Couples who wrote a, a brilliant article about that at the time when I was reading and analyzing and reviewing. So we learned how to review articles and so on. Mm-hmm. And I'm there thinking to myself, this can apply to my own country. It's of course, right? of so course, yeah. I, and then it was speaking to Hurricane Mitch in the 1990s and how he went through um, the Latin America and the Caribbean and how he mashed up that particular place. Please, yeah. But what is the real cause of the devastation? Is it the hurricane? Or is it the structure or, itself? Or, or is it the poverty? Oh! Or is it the structural adjustment program that caused the poverty and the social dep- deprivation and, and therefore... So you're looking at it from, so you're looking at it from as much um, different facets as possible. You're not just saying, okay, look, is, is it because of the structure? Maybe. It could be because of yeah. poverty, the social economic structure in itself. The way we see it is... Not even facets so much, but the root cause. Root cause. Mm. Because you might, all these things are true. When you're talking about, they might, they might be a fall, but you have to go further upstream mm. for, the, for the problem. Mm. So we go further upstream and say, because structural adjustment put on by IMF and the World Bank, mm. the farmers then in that, because a farming community, the farmers them now saw that in their family, they had to pay more for education, they had to pay more for health and so forth. They saw so the value less. of the, the thing. So, they, they now the earning power decrease even though they had the same amount of lands. So what they did, they, they, they get bigger lands mm-hmm. on the hillsides. Oh. Right? To mm. try to get enough money to maintain a lifestyle that they already had. Yeah. Right? Because they were losing that. Mm-hmm. So, in so doing, you degraded the landscape. Yes. And then Hurricane came on that. And then it's erosion, and so the central, and, erosion and everything. And killed thousands of people. people wow right so uh-huh. what is the real problem the real cause and, that's and then when you go right down you go right exactly it's, so it's when hard. we were in South Africa mm-hmm. we were looking at issues like those of degradation and so forth so I was more so in what you call the Cairo region mm-hmm. um, spent some time um, in New Bethesda and another, a number of places but mostly I was in the mountainside mm-hmm. and I saw things that I didn't think I would see um, I remember passing this community with all silver cross and I know that that community is way bigger than St. Paul's. It's almost half a St. Kitts, even more. And I saw like Silver crosses, cross? like in, in a bearing ground, like kind of thing, like going for, going for long distances. And they said, all oh, those were AIDS victims. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? What, what? What do you mean AIDS? AIDS vi- like victims of AIDS? That's, that's more than saying it's in that, in that um, thing. In a lot, That's yeah. not the deaths in the area, no. That's just AIDS victims. You, you understand? So I was yeah, like, that's crazy. I, I also recall... On a road, and you know, we talk, no, 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 driver go, no, 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 driver go on the road there. Just a go. One long road, well paved. Just going, 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 going for hours. I have passed nothing on the way going to that direction, and I'm just going. 
And I saw a family, like a mother and like two kids or something, coming with like almost like plastic bags or some bag, mm. like they're holding producer or something. I know, I don't know which direction, direction they're that going, they're going because I just came from that direction hours. for hours. And I'm saying, yo, where are they going? But when I pass them, I went for hours. So where these people are coming from? And, and I think disappear from and so being somebody into development thinking and, and looking at, at rural challenges and, and problems and you know people centered issues and so on, I started to say to myself, but wait, what if the child takes sick? What if it's an emergency? You know? And I began to think about all these things and I saying, yo, why when we talk about poverty, it's not just what we think it is, and the poverty is what it is. Mm. Because no care how much you you you, you conjure in your mind what it is, no care you look at a family there and so on. I remember when I when I stood um in in any community, we went towards towards university and so on, and you know went on campus, but we went also went into the township area mm-hmm. and you see the mud houses and so on. Mm-hmm. And you stand up there and every, all the people are watching me because they they're looking at me and saying, well, who this black guy just stand up with yeah, all these white people? Like this, 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 this. But I know also too, that these are very dangerous people because they're desperate. Yeah. Right? And uh, we were advised not to get too close. So they could kill you for a little bit of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you see the desperation. You know, you, you walk up the road and you see a guy um, herding fowls, hens. Right up the road, I talking and they walk and I say, you know, long I see they say, you know, long I see people call the, fowl. Yeah. It's in the 80s. So it's showing you that people like living even less than our 1980s experience still out there. And, and because we're dealing with global poverty and all these things and so on, he brought it home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He brought it home a great deal and so on. So and this is in South Africa. South Africa, yeah. And it really humbles humble you it's out. It's in even the worst parts mm-hmm. of the continent. No, I'm telling you. But he, 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 he spent about nine years there. <laughs> and I remember on the way back... Um, I got pulled over. We come back to Amsterdam, right? I got I got pulled over at the airport. I had a puff, afro, <laughs> and a beard, uh-huh. right? And I remember I thought the dog was racist. Oh of, my god! Of, you <laughs> thought the dog of, was racist. Of, of everybody else, the dog just back at me. So I said, no, this this <laughs> thing, this ain't random. This dog is racist. This is not random. This, this is, is trained. This dog. This is and trained. I remember they, they took me down deep in the airport. Down on the ground. And when I got down there, I'm sitting in the midst of other people that they had down there. And I'm looking at everybody and say, I don't think I'm really supposed to be here. What? Because I'm seeing guys from Afghanistan, Taliban looking guys with them big raps. <laughs> oh my god. And beards. Yeah, so you know at the same time, we weren't about that time, you're yeah, talking they, about they, Iraq they, stuff they, and so on. So I said Oh terrorist um Yeah, and I said, Lord man, you ain't that serious. They had me down there for a good good bit. And I my professor had to say he's not gonna move until, until he got all his, his students. students yeah. You know? So that eventually they decided to to let me go and so on. And so I ended up But they didn't question you or anything? They, 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 they were questioning you because they want okay, my passport was was looking kinda colourful. Yeah. I yeah. was not supposed to just travel the way I travelled, I guess, you know. I mean I, I when I was up there, I went over to Portugal, you know, because it's easy to travel you on that side. Of course, you know? of course. I just went to put them there before. Once you're in Europe, it's easy. Yeah. It's so, easy. so they were watching all these stamps and so on, and how you moving so visas much? and all these things and so on. So I did watching, yo, me just want to go back up, you know, <laughs> you know. So the experience itself was a great experience with hiccups. Always there's hiccups, and these are like punctuation marks in your life to keep reminding you, yo, 
You still have to be on your P's and Q's. All the time. Yeah, and yo, humble yourself. Let me ask you this. Like, what, like when you came back, I mean, you, you did the studies, you get the master's. No, you're in, like, sustainable development. Mm-hmm. Like, is that your passion? Is that something that you yourself are passionate about? I always wanted to work in planning, physical planning. Um, ever since I finished high school, went into college, been a geographer. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I thought it was, I wanted to do it. <laughs> when I got there, it was not what I thought it was. I, I, when I got there, I was excited. The guy who was the, and is still the director there, actually lectured me in, in, in college, in, mm-hmm. in um, CFBC. So I thought it was, you know, I, w- I went there as a, as a youngest guy in the office. Uh-huh. I'm one of the more senior. I was right under the director, uh-huh. right? So I had people in advance of me of, of 10 and 15 years while I was senior. I just came out from school, I'm young, yeah. you know? And, but I came back with a drive, I always work. I always push work. Even now, people wonder, well, how are you doing all them things there, right? Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of pro bono work, and maybe that's part of the reason why I had so much hardship even after I come back from university and so on. Mm-hmm. But working in the office and so on, it gave me some exposure and so on to the national system of planning and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, may, I was able to make a comparison between here and Scotland because even though I did sustainable world development in Scotland, which is more of an environmental program, mm-hmm. my experience in UWE, UWE was so ridiculously hard, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. When I was in Scotland doing my master's, I decided instead of doing three courses uh, and two courses, I would do four and five. So I did, I pick up extra courses. So I did planning as a, as a, 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 side, a side thing. Uh-huh. So that's why I ended up in planning, right? So I was more into agreeing uniform, anything to do with constituency empowerment and so forth. Those things will fit into my area because you have to be able to politic. And mm-hmm. I don't mean politic in the, in the labor and power. Oh, no. As in navigator, right? social yeah. um, structure. You have to know how to mobilize people on any levels. I, I am good at reading people. Mm-hmm. Very good at reading people. I'm really, I'm really good at coming in and helping resolve issues and problems. Okay, so right? conflict resolution. Yeah, that's yeah I could thing. do that. And, and so in planning and so on, you know, you have different conflicts that would have come up and I would have been the one to take. I turned out to ask the, the director to step back because he doesn't know. He don't know one piece. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't know rough. Rough. He's an environmentalist all, all the way. Is he, is he much older than you? Yes, he is. He's, okay, okay. He's, he's, he's an environmentalist and that's how... They normally would be, you know, not, it's just a testament to his character. Okay. His, how they, 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 they see things in, in, in a certain In black way. and white. I was more cross-trained, mm. right? And but then again, you're coming from a, you're coming from a, you, you would have more um, mm. human relation type experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even coming from sociology and law. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I'm not saying that's the bed, that's like a bedrock. That's not like the fullness of it because you still came back. You had to work and mobilize youth yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's a, di- that's a different Space it's a, a different experience, yeah. and and um, I did that. I I worked in that office for four years, four and a half years, mm. and got fed up and tired. And tell you, it's one of the worst ex- experiences I've had. I traveled a lot. The worst experiences, yes. you had? yeah. I traveled a lot. I tra- um, and after when I got fed up of traveling, I didn't see the purpose, I didn't see the use of mm. going off to do all these courses and come back and not being able to implement them and nobody care yeah. that I even have to do a report and so on. That, that's not the kind of environment I think I was oriented to be mm. in. So, I mean, when I say travel, I traveled a great deal, mm. you know? And I remember at some point that, you know, even though some, I, I, I can be in charge of the office, I could run the office, mm-hmm. the guy would never task me for over a year. Mm. I got myself in trouble <laughs> for telling time. the truth, right? I have a problem, I can't lie so much to people, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And so I remember one time I did a, 
I don't call the characters them name because they're still popular in, in, of in course. thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, having to go down with a team of my, my guys. I used to run a, a, a unit. Mm-hmm. And I had to go down in the countryside. And we saw tire tracks on the road, dirt tracks mm-hmm. on the main road. And we decided, no, we're taking an off-road today. Yeah. We followed them. And we saw that there was some serious mining of the gut in a way that was not environmentally sound. It was oh, damaging the guts and sand. And these people were reaping the sand material and stockpiling it. And by stockpiling it, you're making sure that people run out of sand because sand only accumulates when there's a lot of rainfall, but yeah. in dry periods, you won't get that accretion. So we saw that happening, and I wrote a sand mining brief, and I stopped the guy. Mm-hmm. I wrote a sand mining brief around the same time, and I showed that by doing so, you are creating a false scarcity in the market, the construction yeah. market, and you raise construction costs. Yeah. You saw the guys were making millions and not even contributing anything to the government. Wow. Right? So I'm going to call his or uh, her name. Of course, I understood. Right? Mm-hmm. But I did that report and I remember submitting it to the director. Mm-hmm. And the director ended up sending it over to the permanent secretary at the time. And they were not too fond and happy. That, that, you, that you exposed I, it? Yeah. And I remember sitting in an office, in my office, right next to, next side by side to the director's office, like those two rooms there. Mm-hmm. And I overheard the director on the phone and it sounded like somebody was handling him. You know, like... Yeah, 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 him yeah. And all of a sudden, we have an emergency senior staff meeting. So, myself, who is head of, of um, planning, mm. forward planning, the lady who's in charge of environment, and the, the gentleman who's in charge of, of um, building control, come in. Yeah, um, me too. Again, again, I'm way younger than these people. Uh-huh. Right? So, I'm in there, and the guy started attacking me on my punctuality. Attendance <laughs> and all sort of stuff, and I did nonsense. And as I told you, I, I read people well, of course. So of course. I, I slouch in my chair and I'm watching him and I'm laughing to myself. Mm. I said, This something is off, and I keep playing back that call that he got in um, earlier. Mm. I said, Something is up, I don't know what it was, something is up, mm. and I, I, I didn't have to respond to him then, of course. The mm. lady was there said, Um, but director, I'm, I'm confused, yeah. Because you, you speak of lateness and, and, and um, punctuality, but Misha comes in here before, before us. So what is this really about? Yeah, yes. He just doesn't sign the book, but he is here ahead of us, and he is the second to last person that leaves, because she knows that even though she might come a little late, she leaves later in the day. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would leave, and when I leave, I go by her office, and I say, I'm gone, I'm out. I'm gone, because she's a lady, and I don't want, want her to think that I'm in the building still. So any, any mm. movement, she knows. So yeah, somebody else. Somebody else. So I would go there, so she knows that. But even then, he's trying to still come up with something Finesse else. It, yeah. So he started watching politics, that I was sent wow. there to take over his job and son. And I, I kind of laugh and scoff at it, and son. I say, you know what? I can't let him just do this. So he began to attack me, and so I said, you don't have that privilege as director to, to leave the role of director, the cloak, come out and attack me personally. Mm-hmm. I said some stuff personally. And then go back under the cloak and find protection there. Yeah, yeah, that's not So I said, fair. that's not, no, no. So I decided to tell him what I had said to him. And one, one of the things he did was to write me up for mm-hmm. saying what I said and stop my appointment. Because my appointment was in the process to become the actual substantive senior planner. I was acting at the time. Uh-huh. And not only that, the report that I did on the Sand Mining Brief went to that PS. The PS, when I went over to answer to it and so on, to give it, she turned her back. She didn't want to take the report because she was related to that person in the Sand Mining. Oh, right? no. So, and I realized what they were trying to do now. She said, you know, you, you, you bring this report, but 
we task you with doing something for, for three months now. Oh, right? so they bring up So something. they bring up that to say that I have not been doing my job, but they don't know me. I don't do those three things long time. Sometimes I just have it resting on the computer because I want to go back over it another time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But they were good and ready to go. So I said, I, I, I went and printed them and brought them and I gave her the same report again. And I said, let me tell you something. You had three years where you wanted these things done. Mm-hmm. I come in within these first three months, I accomplished these things. So I don't see what your rush was. But this is the report I am bringing here. They wanted me to change something in the report, or at least her. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me tell you something. There's something called just like in law and everything else in planning. There's something called ethics. Yeah, yeah, of course. I said, if I change, if I change anything in this it's document, unethical. your signature will have to go on it because it's your report, not mine. Right? What I write, I stand by. Right? And for that reason, I, got, I, I was banned from using government pickup trucks to that, do the same kind of work for over a year. Right? And I'm the senior planner in the government. Right? I was banned. But my junior officer in my, in my unit can go and get a vehicle. Right? And then that I was not tasked for over a year in that office. But then, remember, I told you about the experience of being a deputy or uh, being, being pushed aside. You, 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 you can't. found something to do. You have do. to do something, yeah. So I began to make up my work. I mean, the kind of person, I started to map bass here to find out what the land uses were, different stuff and so on. Because this is what the guys are more doing. But uh-huh. after a while, you, you recognize this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. I thought I would have come into this department. This guy was to my lecturer. Change. This is when the teacher and the student now going to be. I tell him, I, could, team. I say, you could be the, I could be the bulldog pushing the work. Mm. You, you must get the credit. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. But then you coming at me, personal attacks on him kind of stuff. And I remember... But then you realize something. You realize that it's more than just, it's more than just doing work. Mm. Like there's some... Sometimes it's a lot of navigation. It's mm. like the same politics that you're talking yeah. about, not politics, paramilabor, but just the politics of working in any yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, always yeah, some yeah. hierarchy of, of, of needs that you, you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And from the time you match somebody, can mm-hmm. you I, find, you find <laughs> is everybody connected to this foot? And the funny thing about it is that some people enjoy doing you a level of injustice and for some reason give them a high. Because I remember when I, when I carried in my resignation, mm. They couldn't believe and understand. They couldn't and understand where because you Because I had 13 years in the service. I only needed two more to become pensionable. Oy. But I told them, I'm going to spend another two years here. Wasting my life. Valuing myself with you guys. And he complained. He complained to the permanent secretary. Uh-huh. He complained to the sec- permanent secretary about whether I was supposed to ask permission to resign. What? They mean ask permission to resign. <laughs> I, I was saying like, yo, this, guy's, this guy can't be serious. You know, this guy can't be serious. But I left. And I remember the first time I left to become the, the um, because I was in conversation with the founder and, and owner for Christian Hill, Valmiki Kembodo. Mm. And he wanted me to come there for some time. Mm. But I was pushing back for a bit. And then until we came, we, we agreed on some amicable terms. Mm. And I sent in the resignation. I had two months vacation before I went there mm. to become the, the, um, the sustainability manager. Mm-hmm. And so I was, again, going into a new realm. Of, oh, completely. Of, yeah. compl- just, it, like the hardest I've ever worked. Ketishan the, the, uh, uh, Hill, right? Yeah. It was, it was an intense environment. <laughs> when a man shoots you an email... 
50 things to do until you're at close of business day, you're, you're known and you see the environment you're working in. People, staff turn over it's all ridiculous. It, uh, Every day you see some in your email, face. some people are being let go. Every day, and you walk out, boy, I could be next, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just left government when I was more secure in job, and I didn't have to do work and get paid. But now <laughs> I come here, yeah, people going on the road every day. So you have to produce. You have to produce. Is it, 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 it's, but it wasn't that, like, overly demanding? Because, I mean, you could go it, from... It was intense. I'm telling you. When I don't work at the time, I have to go home to work again. Because I have to be, try to catch up for the next day. Right, it was, and I remember we had eleven billions to build in three months. And this is this is strange thing I thought. I went there as sustainability manager. Within about a short, within a short period of time, I was made manager in charge of procurement. So I was procurement manager, and then I became warehouse manager. So I was running all three divisions. Wait, at the same time? Yeah, and then I was still the farm coordinator. And for us, the farm was not just actually the crops were grown. Farm also included the, the, the nursery. You also included the, um, the golf course and landscaping. So I'll coordinate those meetings and so forth, right? Because at, it, at the same time, I was being threatened again by um, members of the board for the SIDF. The government had just changed in 2015. And even though I, was not, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't involved in the elections. Of course. Gone. Mm-hmm. I, I, Gone away. Yeah, zero, zero involvement. involvement. So I felt like, okay, since I'm not involved, involved then you're, you're free. I'm free, I'm safe. But, but no. Them guys come for me, man. <laughs> them guys come, I got the checks come early and I was told. So what the, what the guy didn't want to let me go mm-hmm. because of the way I walked, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think he made a comment one time that if he had some people like me and one or two other persons there, the, the company would be fine. Would have, it would have been a lot better than it is. As a matter of fact, he said he never thought I would exceed at the jo- other jobs. He just put me there because he wanted that when they tried to come at me at the time, that they could, they could see that I am involved in so many things that they can't really touch me. Oh, right? so he was so, trying to spread you across spread the board. Me, and, but then he realized I could actually do those jobs. <laughs> I didn't even know I could do them before I, I took up these new experiences. <laughs> so I just run with it. So one of the things I learned from Christian Hill is that what I learned in my master's program, I remember I was in class with all white people and it was like six of us. Uh-huh. That wasn't a big class. So whatever they teach you, white people they had to teach me. Right? <laughs> it's learning how to learn. Learning how to it's learn. It's more important than regurgitation and... Oh, that and, is powerful. And, 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 and recalling what you learn on the paper Fig- and so Yeah, forth. figures and facts. So if you put me in an environment now, I'm going in it to soak. I'm like a child. You're going to have to teach me like a baby. But I guarantee you. to learn. Dude, that is so powerful. Because yeah, you have to make sure. Like, I ended up leaving from there and going and being on a farm. Strange movements that has no connections with the past set of work. Of course. So I, I, I was on this farm. As a fa- sounds very disjointed. Yeah, a farm manager for over a year and a half. But I was very operational, right? And getting involved in the physical work, the, the, the planting, the land preparation, the harvest, and everything you think of. Which is the physical, the physically demanding yeah, part of farming. Learning farm things and, and applying them at the same time. So after a while, I'll tell you um, that... I grew more and more to hate academics after a while. What? Really? Like but after after what? The farm experience or after my full experience of government work, <laughs> um, going private work, Christian Hill? Because what shocked me was that my um, managing director 
and owner Valmiki Kembedo. <laughs> I up to now I can't know what degree he has. I don't think he has one. You understand what I'm saying? What? I, used to, I used to think he was a lawyer or economist or something, but when I sat with him, <laughs> he always said, Misha Lan, I'm going to be your mentor. Right? So when I sat with him and we're in meetings and I'm listening to him discuss finance and accounting issues, mm-hmm. I said, Oh, yeah, he's an expert in accounts, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. you're assuming. And then you flip on the other side and we're on engineering matters. Dealing with the pump systems and so forth to do with um, sewage and we're going to build a wetland uh, uh, um, to treat the waste mm-hmm. from the property. And then we shift from that and we're into actual organic farming. Then we're into hotel operations and then we're designing the roof. He and I sat in a room and calculate by looking out at the buildings how much material is going to take. Right? He and I, who, had, who are not contractors. And when, when, when I did up the procurement order and so forth, when, when I ordered all of the materials, we were one shake off, one shake too much. Came almost exact, right? So what I'm saying is that if I began to see like, yo, all this hype about the academics and so forth, and you're coming back with your papers, but you, you come back home and you, you go in your house, you work, you come back home and so forth. What is it you, you're doing? Mm-hmm. And I always think of a lot of persons with, and I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot of persons who have achieved their, their, their academics, their paper. I don't even know where my documents are for my degree. Mm-hmm. To send me go look for them, you're going to get me upset because I mean, I have to go do some search. Some searching, yeah. Right? So I don't know where they are because I dropped all those things a long time ago. I, I came back from my master's especially disoriented about all this thing. God, this professor told me something that upset me. What's that? And he said, you know, as soon as your degree program is over, it's expired, right? As you step foot off of campus, it's expired. What do I mean? Yo, expired? I just spent $80,000 on this degree. What the hell are you really telling me? That's what I'm thinking, right? Uh-huh. And I began to think about it. And I said, why are, you, why are we killing ourselves so much? But what, it's, it's, sorry, expound a bit. When he says expired, he means what? That it's no longer relevant? All the information. Everyday things are changing. Information, new information, new know-hows. That and makes sense. Even when you think that this is it today, somebody come up with a new concept that, that debunk everything that you just had. Right? He might tell me my degree was expired. And I just don't pay for it. I just submitted my thesis. And it just goes to show how life really is. So life is growth, like continually. Exactly. So that is one of the reasons why I don't rest and stay in one spot. That's why one of the reasons why I, I, I have my saw and my jill at home and my chainsaw. I don't wait to say this is a specialty for these this people person, yeah. and so forth. I, I do I do the actual work so that I could actually measure if I could get somebody else to do it. You know? Because at the end of the day, you, 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 you find, and, and this is a problem I am seeing around in the communities mm. a lot, as I do my own assessment of the young guys who I've worked with, I, I always push them beyond what they think they can. When I work in, in Christian Hill, mm-hmm. because of my connection with the, with the general manager, um, I have guys working in my warehouse who never finished school, don't know how to use a computer, mm-hmm. but I say, look, you can learn computer right here because you can learn to punch one key at a time. Until and, you and get it done. I'm setting up an inventory and you must know how to enter and take out things. And them guys lo- complain at first that me come here for this. But after a while, they began to see the value of it and then they began to apply it. Right? That even now, years after, 
They see me now on the road, they call me boss, and these are guys away older than me. Boss, you know? Because at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't treat you. Like I didn't limit you. I didn't limit you to, any, to, to that level. I'm saying to you, you come to me, me watching your education. As a matter of fact, I've gotten more, uh, more results out of people who didn't have a university degree. Because you don't have the ego to do it. Exactly. Right? I run with people and I knew I was running with lions. You understand? Mm-hmm. I hate, you know, you, imagine you're standing up to go do a fight and when you look in your support is all sheep. sheep. You understand? So I have, in, in, in a way, dealing with some of these issues and so on, I always thought of who has the willing, who's willing to learn. Mm-hmm. What's that willingness? And that's more that's more of an attribute that's yeah. attractive for you than because a lot of persons are trapped by the papers that they have, they're imprisoned by the education. Oh, uh, as a matter of fact, let me pull it back. Because sometimes we run away with this concept of education and to me it's wrong. With their schooling. Mm. You've been schooled a certain way, that doesn't mean you're educated. Educated. Oh God. So next I, nugget. I don't I, I don't get excited by person about what degree you have. Mm. Or or you know, what 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 Speciality you have mm. and so forth. I don't specialize in anything, right? If if you put me down the port today to work, I'm gonna find out what to do. If you mm. ask me to go and do something, but then I know I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna go on my farm, and that is where I know wealth come from. Wealth come from in the environment. Everybody, either your mine, your fish, your you do agriculture. Mm. That's where wealth is really built. Yeah, you know, some people say, "Is, is me tax money I pay for that?" It, but the civil service in itself will go amass most of our of our of our working workforce. Mm. It's not a productive sector. It doesn't produce from nature. So we can, can you tax it? You understand? And so most of us will come back even our best and brightest so called. Yeah. When they come back where they are they going? They go into the civil service and into the administrative sectors and so forth. Yeah. That are not really productive. Exactly. And imagine you come back from school and you would have learned so many things as they say. Yet you're only limited to this small area to do your of work. It's true. And you feel like this is my contribution. As a matter of fact, most of them remind me of when I was younger, living in Rolling Grounds Avenue on the God side with my grandfather. When Grant used to come around with the fowl them. Mm-hmm. And we used, to, we used to buy, my grandfather used to buy those old fowls. Like I said, they already spent the time, they lay, they, all the eggs they could lay, mm-hmm. and they're selling these fowls to people who can buy them because, you know, we are poor people. And I used to see the difference between the two fowls. Of course. There's a big difference. Like a yard fowl. Yeah. And no no care how you walk up to a a, a grand fowl and kick it, you don't move. You know? You touch it, you don't move. You're just there waiting. Waiting to die. all its life, it's been fed. It's been kept oh, in, 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 in it's been told what, what to, to say, what what you mean say? I'm saying say, but get it. We use it metaphorically, yeah. but yes. It's been told and given everything. Right? And so it does not know how to operate. It doesn't even know its own natural enemy. But the difference is you have a yard fowl. Look at how much you feed your yard fowl. It would never look. pick and he watch you. He pick and he watch you. Yeah, it's always eat, on ball. Yeah, eat. No, if you step to it, he run back. Yeah. Look how much food you give it. Yeah, it would but never it knows, domesticate. No. It knows that you want to eat it. At some point, you want to eat me. Right? So I'll accept your food. Food, yeah, because it's free. <laughs> but I'm watching. And you ain't going to catch me if I could help it. So I always liken that those two. Um, that's a very, birds. that's a perfect analogy to and, people. And with our people in terms of their, edu- their schooling uh-huh. and those who are actually educated. The educated one is the yard fowl. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the person who went to school is the one is the is the, the, grand, the grand is, is, is a grand foul. It's a cage board. And so you have to give them everything. And the thing is life is so different because like when you already get the education you come back and you realize oh my god mm-hmm. this is very different to the the atmosphere and the environment that they taught me I would mm-hmm. be working under. Yeah. Like the Caribbean is like to me like a makeshift. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the ton load of resources that America has in terms of especially how they train the, the, the people. So when you get trained in America and you come down to think it's, it's a lot of adaptation. It's no, yeah. okay, we don't have this piece of equipment. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we going to make this work now? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're starting almost from ground zero. You know what you want, yeah. but you have to find an engineer a different way to get it. Yeah. And is that that's what separate the yard fall from the, exactly. the, 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 the fed fall because even if you never had an education is if you could be ingenious and you could have a want to learn and look at your resources and make the best That's of them mm-hmm. you would be way more successful than anybody who's been force fed this education this, this exactly. schooling for a very long time exactly that is deep i like that analogy well, i'm gonna steal see, it i'm stealing I, it mishak I i'm not, not gonna say it's you yeah. did it <laughs> i'm gonna say i came with no I'm joking. I'm I, say, I, I i i'm not bashing of course not. I'm not imagining it, no. Who, who, who have gone after university and so on. I'm just looking at the attitude mm-hmm. and, and why some of them operate the way they operate. And you have to, have, you have to maintain the willingness to learn. I think yeah. that's education. Just As it is. continuously learning and yeah. adapting. And, and not, not being pumped. No, you're not better than nobody. Like, yeah. you guys see, like, all of us... We have something to offer. Right. You, know, you know, there was one story like me, me, my father, to my father, me, yeah, my father gave me this story one time and he was talking about um, like this guy was running around a track, mm-hmm. right? He was in a race and he was in first place and running around the track, running around the track, coming down to the last lap and this young little boy was like, sir, 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 and he like, he ain't listening to him because he had the last, he had mm-hmm. the last lap and when he reached a couple feet from the finish line, fell down, tripped over his shoelace and fell. Mm-hmm. That little boy was trying to tell him, your shoelaces <laughs> yeah. are anti. He fell so hard, couldn't get back up. Everybody lose the race completely. Funny, because there's a similar story that my managing director used to tell me. He said, it was basically a guy chopping down a tree in a forest. Mm-hmm. He's a big muscular guy and he has an axe. So he, he had, he's chopping, chopping, chopping. And he's whipping at the tree, man. You can see all his muscles standing up and he's sweating. Mm-hmm. And all he has to do to get that tree down is to stop and file the file axe. Because he's <laughs> exerting a lot of force. A lot of effort. But it, the, the axe it's already dull. don't get dull. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to stop because he doesn't want to break his momentum. So he's more focusing on his energy and his momentum, but not the effectiveness of the tool he's using. So if you could, all you have to do go on, stop a bit and sharp make and go back again and it should be could be done in a much faster time. In a much faster time. So, so he's not focused us, on being efficient, he's focused on just looking, yeah, appearing to do what appearing. Work. And his appearance is one of the things that are killing us. Mm. Right? One of the things that is killing us around here. Because the we have to I I I look, look at a number of, of experiences. Um, that I've gone through, but I also say I don't have to learn from my own experience alone. Because they say experience is the best, but it doesn't have to be my experience. Yeah, it's true. Right? And so I always look at other people's experience. I also assess how different we are. I was just talking to a friend of mine today, and I, I told him that 
um, you know, I have an older brother who always make comparisons and he always wanted me to get his high posh, posh vehicle and cars when I come up from university. Now, I must sell myself a certain way. I'm, uh-huh. I'm supposed to be a distinguished gentleman, you know. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I remember I tell him, turn to him and I said to him, what happened with my car, my Jeep, man? I'm uh-huh. going from one place to the next. I'm building myself up. Uh-huh. Why do I have to put on this facade? Why do I have to, you know, put Drive on this, this, this yeah. image? I said, yes, I know my friends around me have their vehicles, but their circumstances not what mine is. Yeah. I didn't grow up in a house, a home, mm-hmm. right? I never felt welcome anywhere. Mm-hmm. So my goals are not what their goals are going to be. True, true, true. Right? It's going to be different. And I said, I do not jealous them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, when I see them with a nice vehicle and so on, I go around and congratulate them and so on, and actually, I actually feel good for, for them. For them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was telling the guy today too, because um, he, he was just bought a new vehicle and so on, and he had a nice one from before and so on. I said, my brother, so I was telling me, look at, look at you and you have your vehicle. Right? But I said, you know what happened? Funny thing, I'm talking to you. When I was around nine, ten years old, everybody used to get the kites at Guy Fox. Sorry, mm. at, at um, Easter. Easter. Mm-hmm. Good Friday. And I remember feeling bad for myself. As I told you, my family conditions, I, nobody yeah. did to buy nothing for me. Mm. I said, you know what? I'm up at the play field, the old play field in St. Paul's. And I'm just, I went around to the, the police station, or what used to be the police station. And I'm there waiting over the other side of the bus for one person kite to bus. If it burst, it gonna come I'll run behind it, catch it, and run and hide and take it. I have a kite. That was my intention. I'm 10 years old. And so said, so happened. A kite bust, man. We call it a cushy paper kite. Uh-huh. Man, I take off. I was an athlete, man. I fast. Uh-huh. Down the best side. Cross, you know, the new play field is now. Yeah. It wasn't there, but it was, a, it was cane field. Mm-hmm. There was a track going on to go to take it right down to the sea. Man, I, I head right Built down in. there. Uh-huh. And this kite is coming from the other field and then the new field, the old field. What? Man, I take off down there following the kite, following the kite, the kite that's stuck in what we call a gum tree. Mm-hmm. I can see clear as day now. <laughs> the gum tree is not that tall. Uh-huh. Maybe like 20 feet up. But I could climb well. I go up in the gut side. With a tree, everything I climb. Yeah. And I remember climbing to the top of a tree, going up, reach to the top and grabbing the kite string. Not realizing that that gum tree, even though short, is hanging over a gut. The wind started to blow. Right? The wind blew so high that she started to sway. Started to sway, 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 sway. And I'm side to side. So I had to lock my feet around the tree, lock my hands around the tree, and hold on and pray. Right? And I did thinking to myself, okay, I'm looking down and I'm seeing the canopy of trees in the gut. That's how I am. Me father's. So I did think to myself and I pray and say, Lord, if you let this wind cool down, I'm going to come out of the tree and I'm going to never jealous anybody again. Yeah? I left a kite in that tree and I came down, hear me? And I take my back up the road yeah, yeah. and I can't make anybody want, don't know why I'm so quiet that day. Because I knew, had I fell over that gut, I would, nobody would know where I was. Yeah. Even if I was alive, I'd have died down there subsequently. So I don't jealous anybody. That's a strong, that's a strong experience. Yeah. I don't jealous anybody. From that point on, if I don't have it, so I don't mind. I could jump on a bus from St. Paul's and go to CFBC without shoes. Because I know what my mission is. Yeah. Right? And it's different. My, my background is different. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I had, um, I had it worse than anybody else. No, it's not a competition. everybody has their struggles and it might not be in the same way. You understand? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is you always have to find a way to keep yourself motivated. Mm-hmm. And I've always found ways to keep myself motivated. And you got to know what you're, what you're yeah, trying you have to. Yeah, you have to find what, what your mission is. Yeah. You know? And always 
you know, talk, to, especially to the older people. I love old people. I mean, you only know we get involved a little, we get a little contention, but <laughs> I love the old people, uh-huh. right? Um, I just believe that in, in, in a lot of ways, you have to seek wisdom and you don't have to actually have the experience yourself. You have to find out from other people and learn, from, and them. learn from them and humble yourself just like a child and just say, yo, me and I am. So, but if you tell me, yeah, you understand how show me. I want to say, like, thank you so much for your, your contributions. I mean, I didn't, I don't think we ever had a real conversation before today. Mm. Um, and I was pleasantly, like, it's just surprised. It's a lot. You're an interesting person. But guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. I had Mishak on today. Uh, Mishak, thank you so much. Mishak Alford. Um, I'm Stephen Smith. As usual, thanks, guys, for listening. And peace. No gang saints, guys. <laughs>